Hi, welcome to Weekend Warriors. I'm your host, Silva Saramel, and today's guest is Vera Kolosova from Moscow. She's a multimedia artist, geek, and a mom. How I Know Vera is one of those classic internet stories where someone you never knew before comments on your work on Twitter, and you comment back on this, and you keep doing this for several years until one day you realize you probably know enough about each other to call each other friends. During the past five years, I've seen Vera's work on about a gazillion projects, and everything she does looks fantastic. She's one of the most open and kind-hearted people I know, and unmatched when it comes to talking about the struggles of creativity. In this interview, we talk about managing your time and focus, personal health and well-being, as well as giving yourself a chance to look back and enjoy the work you've done. I hope you like it. I wanted to speak to you specifically today because... I think you're a wonderful example of what this podcast is trying to be. There's, there's the concept of, of a weekend warrior, a person who really is dedicating their work and time to, to doing these side projects because your life is full of projects and everything you do is, is, is excellent. Everything you create and touch looks beautiful be your photography, your calligraphy, um, and uh, you also pour your soul out on your blog and and give us transparency to your life with your uh, vlogs, which is extremely unique. And it's, it's brave, it's inspiring and uh, beautiful, and I uh, wanted to share it with other people as well. Uh, so thank you for thank you. joining us. <laughs> thank you so much. I think it's like the best introduction I ever had of the things I do in my life. So I feel even better now <laughs> about myself. <laughs> so I guess that the real question is, with knowing all those projects that you do, how do you hold it all together? Well, it's like the most people answer this question. I'm like barely holding, I think. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but I'm learning because the the learning curve right now is how to... Uh, how to structure oneself and uh, the really interesting like metaphor I had is this like a creative person it always usually is very spontaneous like full of ideas very like quickly to think I want to do this and this and this and we are kind of like liquid I would say so we need kind of like ecosystem around like exoskeleton <laughs> <laughs> which which will be which will be um uh, flexible enough because you cannot be in a very strict uh, box because that's why you're creative you like cannot be in a box so you need this flexible ecosystem this is what I'm building right now for myself because uh, except being like freelancer and having personal projects I'm also a mom and mm -hmm. uh, being a parent of a young person is very 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 creative <laughs> endeavor <laughs> and very uh, you you really need to be flexible otherwise you'll just lose your sanity and go crazy i think or depressed because lots of parents and mostly moms really get depressed and it never gets um out to yeah, the world yeah. that lots of lots of moms and creative moms especially are depressed <laughs> Yeah, so I'm trying to be to run a little bit in front of the this train. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, so I won't go crazy. What does your ecosystem look like on a on a, on a day to day then? Because, like you said, yeah, 
being a mother to a child must be your largest project in, yeah, for the next 20 years or 40, <laughs> depending what kind of a mom you are. Um, yeah, but anyway, for for the like closest 18 years or 16 or something until the kiddo is big enough to take care of himself just a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think uh, the I'm really a fan of planning and mm -hmm. I'm really a fan of uh, lists and writing down stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's funny that uh, my um, collaborator in one of my projects is a person who cannot live with like lists and planning. So yeah. I'm always trying to to see this other side as well. Uh, and for now, I'm trying, I'm really trying to try to not to book, overbook myself. It's the hardest thing ever <laughs> because uh, we as creatives tend to say yes to more things that we can do. And mm -hmm. uh, recently I realized that it's very actually tricky thing because if you plan, even if you are not a mom, if you plan like 15 things to do for a day, but mm -hmm. if you think rationally and logically you cannot do physically mm -hmm. just cannot do these 15 things so it leads you to feeling yourself bad in the evening because no matter how much you've done you didn't do all the things so yeah, you set it's yourself very, to fail yeah you set yourself to fail and it's very psychologically demanding and will never makes you feel good about yourself and like being the mom it also puts this level even less so mm -hmm. i try to think for myself that I have three or four major things to do per day mm -hmm. and maybe one or one or two additional and mm -hmm. I try really hard try not to think about like 100 other things I need to do <laughs> just like I'm s switching my attention out of this because if I will think about all the things I will just set myself to fail as you said I will just feel bad yeah so I try to concentrate on things I planned yeah. and not to think about the things that I didn't plan. It may sound really easy, but it's not. <laughs> no, no, I believe you. Yeah. Yeah. But, but when you, when you are kind of not a parent, I realized mm -hmm. that before I was always mm -hmm. doing this, but when you're not a parent, you can go to sleep at 3 a.m. You mm. can like basically do a swear on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So you can like fuck up your day routine completely you can and totally do. Fuck it. Yeah. And you can think, yeah, but I did this. But yeah. when you have a child, yeah. it's just it's just impossible. If you yeah. do this like once, you will have two weeks. You will have to recover. <laughs> True. And yeah. And before I I was like fucking up my day routines like on a like daily basis. Because this is a way to trick yourself into doing more, but this is mm -hmm. wrong. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's not very uh, consistent, is it? Or yeah, sustainable? And, yeah, and like you, we've been talking. Like, what thing would you like change in your like previous years in life? Yeah, and I think this would be one. I think I would I would try to <clears throat> think more uh, carefully about my time and about my planning before. Because mm -hmm. like baby just like it puts you to the wall and with a like gun and says to you, <laughs> you just like go crazy or you change things. So now I'm trying to change things so I can do stuff. So before you had your baby uh, and uh, compared to the time now, do you feel like 
the content or topics of your projects has changed uh, at all? I think I'm not sure that the topics changed uh, because um, I'm really still curious about everything. But mm -hmm. what definitely changed is the goal setting because mm -hmm. uh, when you have a baby, you have this really small amount of time you mm -hmm. have for your projects. And this mm -hmm. is the time of ultimate question to yourself. How will I spend these two hours? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, it's like very cathartic experience. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, you see at these hours, like first, first times when I had this free time, I was just hectically <laughs> trying, yeah, I need to do this or this or this Everything. or that. Yeah. And it doesn't work. And then you just have to spend these two hours to think mm -hmm. what I'm about to do if I yeah. have one hour or two hours or something. And then yeah. a lot of things that were unnecessary, they just fell off. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And it's really sad that it comes with such cost, I would say. Yeah. Because I would really be happy to let go of useless things before. But mm -hmm. but before you're thinking that you have all hours in a day and you you can do it, but you cannot. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think I'm kind of in a reverse situation from you at the moment since only recently we, we moved out of a corporate job into to mm -hmm. being fully independent and while still working uh, an office job i had that two three hours maximum time focus throw away everything that's unnecessary so we can push our projects forward and and uh, it's 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 a, it's a very simple life compared to you have all the time in the world yeah. and you have to make like uh, 20 times more decisions on what mm -hmm. do you want to focus on and and what is the most important thing i'm not really sure how to battle that at the moment uh, it seems like you had you had to have like a life changing situation yeah. to 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 have the yeah difference. but yeah but the things go like uh, those there and back, how it's mm -hmm. this thing called, like on the clock. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like swinging pendulum. Yeah, yeah, swinging moment because uh, before I only had like maximum three hours per day when my son was sleeping mm -hmm. or when my son was going to the daycare for three hours. And I mm -hmm. was feeling comfortable with these three hours. I knew mm -hmm. what three hours gives me. It gives me like two chunks of work on a big project, on like lots of administrative stuff or it, i can do like seven like very small things 10 minutes yeah. each with five minutes breaks but now i have time from one oh, from 9 a.m to 4 p.m mm -hmm. and it almost if you like count all the hours it's eight hours so it's almost like a whole working office day mm -hmm. and i'm so lost in this <laughs> like in the moment uh, yeah and, and my therapist actually said that this is okay the feeling i, mm -hmm. I feel it's really okay this overwhelmed because this is like the next step you still don't feel these hours i was feeling mm -hmm. three hours it was okay i feel them with my shoulders yeah. and I, I was feeling like comfortable inside of them and now i have yeah. more time and i feel like i'm losing it or that i'm not doing as best as i can so mm -hmm. i start overbooking i start mm -hmm. feeling anxious and all that on that so now i'm working how can i like comfort myself in this new routines i feel like this is going to be a common theme with with everybody I'm going to talk with uh, this this constant struggle with time management and uh, also this endless uphill battle of of 
having to use every hour of the day productively. Um, yeah. It's like, why can't I do more? Uh, I feel yeah. like that always is on my shoulders as well. Even if I just completed the project, there's like, I could have done so much more. If I just yeah. use my hours better, well, next time. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really weird. That's like, that's what I also work on, on my therapy. And mm. this is very important thing that we really need to set time because we have so much things to do. We don't have time for retrospective analysis or something because we end the thing and then we start the next thing. Mm -hmm. So we don't, we don't set ourselves time to think like, what happened in February, actually? Yeah. And when you start thinking, when you start looking at your planner, you realize that there's so much happened, actually. So much was done. Mm -hmm. And it makes you feel really better. And I think it's also one of the tricks, one of the instruments I started using myself recently. Because therapy is good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think in our like anxious and crazy times, uh, everybody, especially in arts, really uh, need therapy mm -hmm. from time to time. And, and it's being stigmatized somehow. It is, very much. Yeah, so I'm really big proponent of that. So I will maybe speak a lot about therapy on That's our good. podcast because... It's very because interesting. The, yeah, because and... a lot of people are kind of like scared or afraid that maybe they're like something is wrong with them so they mm -hmm. will never go they will never ask for help but this mm -hmm. is actually very useful and i think for people who work in arts any mm -hmm. arts will, will be like photography concept mm -hmm. art and you know mm -hmm. painting whatever writing yeah because uh because yeah because being an artist it's being like at work 24 hours seven because yeah. you're always creating in your mind and we need vacation, we need weekends, we need not to think about our art because it's it will make our art better if we just, we learn ourselves to switch off sometimes. You're entirely right that there is a huge stigma against asking for help, not just for our you know, normal routine life, but also in the creative uh, mindset as well. Usually, usually your success is defined by what you were able to do or what you're able to produce with your name on it as well. And, and asking for help or collaboration is is seen as as a, as a lesser product almost. Or it's, it's, it's yeah, not it's really. It's really interesting because uh, I've been studying, uh, I mean, like studying, I mean, reading and listening and all that. Uh, one of my favorite, like authors, uh, nonfiction authors of all time is Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. And she's got books on vulnerability and shame. And she started her research and she's researcher. So she's not just like wannabe psychologist uh, with uh, like self-help books. So yeah. she really does research when she asks people, they make the databases out of this and they see the pattern, patterns which are emerging out of the researches. Yeah. And she started research with women and then in, in started to include men. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the interesting thing is that uh, like women, they should kind of do all the stuff like be beautiful, do all the housework and take care of the children, blah, 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 and work and blah, blah, blah. And it all should look very like effortlessly. <laughs> she need to be like juggling 
juggling like easily. Yeah. This is the, the thing that emerged from the pattern. And the men, the, the men should do like everything and they should never, never be seen as weak. Yeah. And asking for help is being weak. So this is like two things for two genders, for men and women. So the women should be impeccable without any efforts and mm-hmm. men should never be seen weak. And mm-hmm. so asking for help in both situations kind of ruins this castle. And mm-hmm. it, that's why uh, it's very hard to ask for help for both genders, actually. And I really like that a lot of people start to talk about this mm-hmm. now, because I think it helps to mm-hmm. younger generations, to middle generations, to older people as well. Because uh, you don't need to be strong all the time yeah. as men, and the women shouldn't be seen always like with makeup on the high mm-hmm. heels and being impeccable and all that. We don't need this, and we are living now in a different, I think, time than the time when this way of thinking was okay. Because now mm-hmm. I think it's not okay, but still, the um, what's the the English word for this. I think there's a legacy yeah. that lingers. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a habit that's kind of culturally inhibited yeah. in all of us. And, and uh, we yeah. just do it out of out of automation and not really yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, I had I a think... question though. Yeah. Um, what about your art and your creative pro- projects then? Do you ask for help in any of them? Do you ever share the burden? Uh... I, I'm trying to uh to think of kind of like good example or something but i think yeah i'm trying to be as transparent as i can be about my process and mm-hmm. like what i what i do and what i struggle with and i have uh, people like certain people uh, whom i trust enough so they can give me like nice feedback because there is no need to ask feedback from just anybody because it makes mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. uh and i have uh, my mentor in calligraphy and lettering to whom I send sometimes my work and it's like like could you give me some feedback or something yeah and yeah and now I need to to draw some skulls for some project and I ask my oh. friend who is an illustrator like can you can you tell me like <laughs> what's wrong with my skulls <laughs> yeah and I'm I'm trying to take this kind of very honest position uh, of a person who is on a learning curve everywhere especially in drawing because mm-hmm. uh, my the it's like my biggest you know passion i think and mm-hmm. sadness at the same time that i started so late mm-hmm. and uh and i'm always afraid that maybe i started too late and when did you start it, um, i don't know i think that i started take this seriously only when Lucas was born okay. because when he was born I asked myself what should what do you want to do with your life yeah. because it's also the baby doesn't give you any chances to trick with yourself and I realized mm-hmm. that I really want to be an artist mm-hmm. uh, and the way like the learning curve ahead as an artist yourself you know it's really mm-hmm. huge yeah I've been drawing like in school I was going for two years in an art mm-hmm. school then when I was in university, I was taking some classes. So here and there, I was like sketching here and there. And then I was 
doing calligraphy, which is basically also working with your hand and lettering. And I was doing photography, which is basically making visual compositions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I like, I just like, like these physical skills with my hand, how to draw a skull, how to draw a human figure, right? How to digital drawing and all that. And yeah. this is just like endless hours. There's no way to trick this. <laughs> so, so yeah. before Lucas was born, how did you define yourself if not as an artist? What uh, what were you thinking that you are? Because for, you still were doing art. Yeah, yeah. But uh, in Russian, it's really hard to call yourself just an artist because mm -hmm. the word is very demanding. So yeah. the artist is the person, because whenever I say to anybody that I'm an artist, even now, and people are waiting for me, for me that I will say that I draw with that I paint with oils and it mm. hangs in galleries and some people just buy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, this is the word, this is what word artist means in Russian. Right. Yeah. So I'm always thinking of myself as a just creative professional because mm -hmm. I worked as a creative copywriter for seven years, mm -hmm. uh, in advertising agency. So from this, mm -hmm. from this, uh, part of my life, I know the like working ethics, working in a team, working with international teams, uh, writing feedbacks, uh, being creative in a team, all that. So basically it's really nice skill, right? Yeah. Then I, then I quit it. Then I, when I quit it office and like seven years ago or something, I started to be just freelance photographer and it's mm -hmm. easy. I'm photographer, like mm -hmm. what can be easier? So you just if you have a camera and you shoot your photographer. So, mm -hmm. and I've been shooting for a long time. Uh, and then, uh, kind of on by accident got hooked with calligraphy and letter lettering. And I studied it for like one year or something. And then clients started to appear like one mm -hmm. by one. And I realized that I do more calligraphy and lettering than photography. And it was really nice because then I got pregnant. And when you're yeah. pregnant, it's easier to do calligraphy when you sit by your table with just small pen and you write rather than taking yeah. those kilos of uh, photography gear and holding it like for 12 hours of shooting. <laughs> so it was very convenient. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. And when Lucas was born, I realized that I want to take all that. I want to take all my skills and I want to add up the drawing skills and I want to be them artist. <laughs> Most probably freelance, but maybe one day studio or maybe always freelance or maybe, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. This is, this is like the big question for me where I will end in like five years or 10 years, mm -hmm. but I decided to be really like bold about this. Mm -hmm. So I set myself, uh, ideas like taking part in like American art conventions, mm -hmm. uh, working one day for Blizzard and working mm -hmm. one day for Marvel. So I decided mm -hmm. like, fuck it. I will just put the like highest goal like possible in, <laughs> <laughs> in the industry. And I will just maybe land somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in the have a nice compromise there. Yeah. 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 As long and, as you have uh, a huge ambition, then the compromise yeah. will be pretty good as well. Yeah. Because, because there's nothing bad about being ambitious because it's yeah. also, I don't know if it's in, in the like 
European culture or US culture, I'm not sure, but in Russian culture, it perceived to be really bad to be ambitious. It's like mm -hmm. you're being kind of shameless or something. Mm -hmm. So you should never like reveal your goals before you, yeah. before you hit them, because when you hit them, you can make them look very like effortlessly. That yeah. was like piece of cake or something. But I know it's like from, I've listened, I think for like hundreds of interviews of different uh, artists around the world and mm -hmm. I realized it's just hard job every day hard job mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I'm like ready to do this job mm -hmm. with the time I have so and of course as a person who doesn't have like kind of official education on that uh, I will always feel myself a little bit not enough because it's also this uh, uh, thing with artists, the people who had artistic education, they said that it was on the one hand very useful, but on the other that they learned everything on the field and the people who are, who never been to art colleges or anything, they always said that it was really hard for them to get to the point, but then it's possible and like one way or another, but I'm, I'm really actually curious where it will lead me. <laughs> I find it extremely fascinating that <laughs> You've been doing this for 10 years and just now you decided that I might be an artist. Yeah. <laughs> I might want it's... to be an artist. <laughs> yeah. I think that's funny. So you are going forward mostly with the drawing uh, part of your uh, creative life now, if I just to try. What about all the other projects that you're doing at the moment as well? from relogging and photography and calligraphy. What kind of ambitions do you have for those? I really would love to um, to kind of include lettering and calligraphy into my drawing mm. stuff uh, because I think uh, it may be my kind of my thing maybe. Mm. Mm -hmm. And uh, where I'm doing like a small project now with a, with a friend when she'll be making portraits of myself, of me, and I will be making lettering and calligraphy on the picture, uh, like in the shape of my figure or on the shape of, of the background. So mm -hmm. it will be kind of like, like my statement as a calligrapher that like all the things I like and the things yeah. I believe in. Uh, we'll do it in April, I think, and also in April uh, I will have like group exhibition with uh, expressive calligraphy. It's the kind of calligraphy when you almost cannot like read it, but it's yeah. very like very compositional and very like emotional. And uh, we are now on the stage of developing the final work. And uh, I, I have. Um, nice poem written by my friend and i want to make this poem into three canvases mm -hmm. with those uh, with the calligraphy i will send you the links uh, cool. uh when i have it Please yeah do, <laughs> yeah and we're we going to have this um, group exhibition where everybody will be exploring their relations with expressive calligraphy because calligraphy is interesting thing because it's not very complicated to le learn how to do the classic calligraphy because it's also like 100 hours and you're kind of done you can mm -hmm. do it because it's very physical physical activity just to teach your hand to write very 
nice and round and very same letters. But then mm-hmm. the most interesting start, thing starts to happen when you start to explore modern calligraphy or expressive calligraphy, or when you start to uh, use different um, different instruments, not only like sharp nibs, but all time all all kinds of things. You can write with fingers. You can write with uh, sticks with, uh, I don't know, with bamboo sticks, mm-hmm. with uh, uh, those uh, pad sticks, which you clean your ears. Mm-hmm. It's also really nice. It gives really nice mono line. It's mm. very beautiful. And it's very... Yeah, cheap. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, and you can you start to experiment with, uh, uh, with things you can write with, with different inks, with different uh, pay, paints and whatever. So it's very, uh, very interesting. And yeah, I really would love to include this into my artwork mm-hmm. when I draw. Because maybe maybe it's do the background of calligraphy and then in front some character or something or I I don't know I'm not sure yet but mm-hmm. I really I really think that this would be part of my style most probably because I do it I do calligraphy like for five years and I still like it and I don't want it to go away yeah so maybe it will be a part of it or maybe if I ever. I don't know, work in studio, I will do all the titles for, for everybody. <laughs> because usually you can always see when, when there is a very beautiful art and character or landscape, and then there is like those uh, just fonts mm-hmm. where you you know the name of the font. Or if it's very unusual, it's usually not very good uh, in like in balance because yeah. Class, classical fonts are really good because they're perfectly balanced and yeah. the new new fonts they sometimes not so much so i can do like lettering and calligraphy for <laughs> for anybody i don't know mm-hmm. i find it i find the 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 concept of, of of like defining success very fascinating because i feel like every artist i talk to or every creator i talk to has a very different view of what makes them successful that yeah maybe maybe it's um maybe it's a career in a a very high paying job in a great company maybe it is fame maybe it is like total independence and uh, being able to support yourself and your life Uh, but usually there is is is, it's huge variation and uh and and i wonder like what do you feel like is your biggest success defining factor at the moment as well uh at the moment uh if we talk about drawing it's Mm -hmm. just amount of finished pieces that i did it's just for for this this for sure i think so for each part because i have so many things so for each part i have the uh different definition of success because for for my photography or calligraphy or where I have certain professional level, it's like money-wise. Mm-hmm. How much do I need, do I want to earn from this per month? Yeah. For But for Patreon, it's community building. For YouTube, I also have like kind of a goal to have like a certain amount of people to the end mm-hmm. of the year. Uh, but I'm trying to be uh, n- not so numbers related 
like driven by numbers because mm -hmm. I have them as a as a like goal as a destination, mm -hmm. but I don't want to like buy followers or I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these it's more like an ambition because, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just have it in in mind that so I don't want to quit this mm -hmm. this part of work I do, uh, and. Yeah, I was I was curious what happens if one of your projects or doesn't fulfill your success criteria. Do you reevaluate them or do you do you stop projects as well? Do you shuffle things around or will you will you try again and harder? I think that uh, as I'm learning to do this retrospective analysis, what what I've done, I mm -hmm. think that in the end of the year I will do. I will lay out everything, what I've done, and we'll try to understand what, what just happened, mm -hmm. where I reached the goal, where I didn't, and why, and try to understand. And I really hope that I would be, um, how to say, mature enough or psychologically stable enough to not fall into guilt or shaming myself and all these things which are happening sometimes to say to myself, yeah, you should have done more because it doesn't work. I know mm -hmm. it doesn't work. Uh, and I actually really like that on Patreon, I have this monthly, in the end of the month, I record the audio, like in mm -hmm. Russian and in English, both. Uh, what happened in the month? So it's already like short retrospective what what happened, and mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. like what I've wrote, what I've uh, recorded in about February. It was fascinating because I didn't remember half of the things. <laughs> I, re I really, I really had to go to my planner because I was thinking like, what should I say? Okay, about this, and then what else happened? Like nothing. It was a mess. February was a mess. Stop. Just open your planner, weekly planner, and have a look. What happened? And then I just had immediately the list of things I wanted to share with my yeah. pet, pet, patrons because it appeared to be quite a lot. Yeah. So I really hope this monthly kind of uh, check-in will allow me to be in contact of how things are like getting to my goal and then we will see in the end of the year with a big with a big session with myself i think i will try to make the, like the whole day or maybe two days for this mm -hmm. to take mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so it sounds like the retrospective has been very useful for you to remind yourself that yep you are doing stuff and you are also completing stuff even though it's it never feels like you're completing, completing because you're always also opening new projects. Yeah. It feels to me. Has there and been trying... any? Yeah, sorry, yeah. go ahead. Uh, I'm trying to, uh, like, I think that this under the ground project was the like last for now that I'm opening for for last for the future half a year ahead yeah. at least, because you are completely right that. I'm a good starter. I'm very like spontaneous person and I'm not afraid to start things, but uh, being like on a long run, like a marathon, I am mm -hmm. not so good. Maybe I'm just a good starter and I should be okay with this, but as I'm like one person thing now, I need to be, to teach myself how to be this marathon runner. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm teaching myself now. And I, that's uh, how you mentioned like for the future half a year, I really don't want to open any new projects 
because I, I know that they have too many, even for a person who doesn't have kids, mm -hmm. <laughs> for a person who also has this big project of a, of yeah. a kid. It's, that's uh, a marathon. Yeah, that's a marathon for sure. But I think that in two years, I have a kid. My kid is like two and the, two years and three months now. I realized that I can be a marathon runner. I can be. I, <laughs> I really can, can be. <laughs> Has there been anything else uh, surprising or, uh, or 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 kind of like uh, totally unexpected to you that you realized from the introspections? Uh, because that's something that we don't do very often. And, and I guess it's it's hard to catch your habits unless you force yourself to look at them. Uh, yeah, uh, the, 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 one of the things I, I'm trying to develop in myself now is mindfulness, which is also like sounding from like everywhere nowadays. And it seems that it's too much already, but it's not because I think that retrospective is the base of, because mindfulness is kind of like being in the moment, but you cannot be in the moment if you're like running like crazy. Mm -hmm. and you don't know what happened like yesterday so it's really hard to be in the moment so to be as i as i feel it right now for example mm -hmm. at least i mean yeah be because uh i started to feel how to say i started to feel myself good if i stop mm -hmm. sometimes to just for example meditate or just breathe for five minutes those like things when i know what I've been doing before yeah. because if I was skipping this retrospective part, I was always feeling like that there is just only fire behind my back and I need to run. Yeah. But when you know what you have done, you have the chance to say to yourself and now you can stop. Nothing happens in five minutes. If you take your time and go to the shower or just sit for five minutes and put yourself some gong, like this home sound or just, <laughs> or just in silence, whatever, um, like fences. Yeah. Um, but I really like the, with the, this home sound, it, it really grounds me. Just close my eyes and I just like, uh, okay. Um, yeah, I think the, the, it works together because if you know what you've done in the past, you can take a stop in the moment and you can feel better uh, as a, this long time runner. I think mm -hmm. it like past, present and future kind of works nice for me now. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it was very big revelation for me. Yeah. And this has been something that you used to struggle with uh, for the last, uh, last 10 years when you were growing up as an artist, right? Yeah, I think because I was always overbooking and then I was always uh, doing everything on the last night because I counted the time mm. wrong and then I didn't have time to think why I uh, did this, why the timing was counted wrong, why, mm. why, and because I already had another burning deadline mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. now I have, I, I try to, to be more conscious about it and say no more often because I say yes very easily and for some people it's a problem because they, they cannot say yes. They, mm -hmm. they feel afraid or perfectionism doesn't allow them to do so. I say yes very easily. For me, yeah. saying no is very hard. So I learned to <laughs> say no to things now. Yeah. To some 
purchases, to some work, to some projects, to friendships, because lots mm -hmm. of friendships, they, I kind of abandoned them because I realized that they were toxic for me and I was mm -hmm. holding to them just because. Mm -hmm. And it's also a very weird thing to realize that this is yeah. okay to say no to people too. And it's it okay is. to you choose to choose yourself because I'm very extroverted person and yeah. it's really, it's really hard sometimes. <laughs> and I realized that I'm starting to like it. And it was also very surprising for me the, mm -hmm. that, that I, I really enjoy being alone because mm -hmm. when you, when you have a kid is, it's like, it's fucking nightmare sometimes because you're, especially the small kid, because it's always like near you and there's mm -hmm. this syndrome of overtouched woman Yeah. because the children, they are always like at your palms, especially for the first like year and a half. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you even cannot like hug your husband because you've been touched so much during the day. You mm -hmm. just really mm -hmm. want to like put everybody out yeah. of your physical like zone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like a bubble, you want to be alone. You don't want to talk to anybody and if you go out you really want to go out alone <laughs> and i really and i never thought about myself as this person because i was always thinking that i need community that i need people around me and i need of course because i'm a like social being because i'm a mm -hmm. human but i realized that i seriously kind of undervalued solitude and now mm -hmm. i really enjoy solitude mm -hmm. and it even made my meetings with friends even more intense because yeah because it, it's kind of more meaningful if it's some right i think yeah 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 you're you're totally correct i mean this this podcasting for me is a very selfish act of you know living as a as a as a, as a social hermit in, in the end of the world and on the coast of portugal in a in a very tiny town that doesn't even have a bookstore um it's horrible it's horrible um but it's it's a beautiful <laughs> beautiful place but but it is a town or it's a, it is a community without peers in the creative arts and uh that can get lonely sometimes and um i cope by 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 creating a project out of it and uh calling people like you for for hour or two to to talk about things uh, and that fulfills me socially a little bit as well uh, so i think you, i think we have different strategies right to, yeah we all need some kind of a social uh, fulfillment and uh, so i had a question to you okay shoot it <laughs> are you ever afraid you're doing too many projects yes <laughs> Because uh, focus, as I said before, is one of my issues. Mm -hmm. And I actually, before, and I will be repeating myself here, that before uh, I didn't do any retrospective and I didn't think about it. Mm -hmm. I was just feeling not enough and always in a hurry. That's like, mm -hmm. that was like very vague, but very uh, uncomfortable feeling that I used to have. And now, uh, because my therapy just started again. I used mm -hmm. to go to the therapy when Lucas was one year old, when uh, I didn't feel, feel very good. And then I took a break for half a year. And then after I did myself a Patreon, after I started to talk into the camera, I felt myself 
kind of spread to thing like mm. this lord of the rings my favorite <laughs> quote about this like yeah. piece of butter mm. spread to thing on a piece of bread i know I that myself, yeah and I, that, that's what we discuss uh in therapy now with my therapist and uh she actually asked me do you really know how many projects you have and you know what i said no <laughs> <laughs> we counted seven a couple of days ago i think for ourselves uh yeah feeling a little bit overwhelmed but it's okay we got it under control yeah if you if you know how many projects you have and if you feel under control and if you feel yourself conscious enough to put one of projects on hold or put like focus on another one it's okay it's mm -hmm. like we all have to hustle we all have to juggle it's okay but then you when you just sporadically start something and you never end anything and you don't know your definition of success what you've mm. been asking before you really start to just feel anxious and really start to feel bad mm. and and it's like makes you feel creative blocks and blah 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 and all these bad things I think one so, of our largest time management mistakes is that we might say that, oh, we have seven projects, but in reality, one of those projects is much larger than the six others and mm -hmm. has like six other sub projects underneath it as well. Um, so, so if you'd be like totally honest, there'd be like uh, much more of those projects. And then when you fail on one of the projects, uh, it, it feels weird. Yeah, so uh, now, I, like like in a moment right now, I'm working on reinventing the project management system for me mm -hmm. because I realized that I kind of want to see them in like one place, but mm -hmm. my planner, like paper planner is not enough, but, mm -hmm. but I really feel nice when I plan week on paper i really feel nice but i think that in the end of the week maybe i need to take this from paper and bring it digitally to trello maybe or to google docs i don't know how yeah. which instruments you use right now of course i've been thinking about having like this uh, crazy like wall uh, black wall uh, with mm -hmm. all the lists and all the mm -hmm. projects but i don't have such an opportunity in my apartment right now so yeah. I think that most probably I will delete everything that I have in different places now because I've tried like tons of instruments mm -hmm. and I will try to install it in one place. Mm -hmm. Because uh, also plus to work, art, studies yeah. and Lucas, there is also like home running, and yeah, like, yeah. which is also the thing which we try to undervalue very often. Yeah. We do, and, we do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen our home. <laughs> you know, but uh, for me also, the problem is that I have a kid and if I don't do cleanups, the, mm -hmm. the house will be looking like crazy place. And, and you also... probably don't schedule it in as a, as a project then. Uh, <laughs> more like... Yeah. Uh... And it takes time. <laughs> yeah, it does take time. And, and I have a dog and mm -hmm. she's got her fur everywhere. Mm -hmm. And if I don't like vacuum clean, like often enough which is very like very non-artsy thing to talk about mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it takes time mm, and you need to buy products and i mean grocery so it's like all those 
it's also basically one more project, like housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, it's true. Sa- for for some women, it's actually like full time job, like mm-hmm. housekeeping. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it, right now, I'm trying to uh, make myself new system because I make myself commitment to not open new projects. Mm-hmm. I want to make the new maybe Trello or maybe Google Docs. I'm not sure for now. Mm-hmm. Which one do you use now, by the way? Which mm-hmm. like, project manager thing? Well, what? After, after leaving the corporate world, we became a little bit allergic allergic to any any proper project management tools. But we've been dabbling again with Trello a little bit, but then we forgot about it. So I wouldn't say it was a success. Uh, we 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 regressed back into having physical notebooks, uh, and, and uh, I think. It's one of those things that you're switching constantly mm-hmm. because you're trying to optimize yourself to your current state of uh, mind or state of health and, and life uh, and life as well. And and uh, depending of like what kind of stability you have or what kind of what kind of a place you are at that moment, uh, Trello might work the best, or maybe just having a notebook and a calendar works the best mm-hmm. to kind of get to the next step. So. Um, so we're very flexible at the moment. I think the most important part is that we just make progress and uh, yeah, and we'll 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 keep optimizing and 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 dropping things and trying new things again as we as we feel it. Uh, professionally, I always like Trello the most, but uh, I'm not really sure it would work for our multitude of projects as as we have them and um, yeah. Yeah, I can I can see it because uh, I really liked also the like monthly calendar and weekly like spreads. And mm-hmm. I have this planner uh, book, and um, I I have some like homekeeping stuff in Trello, which is very cor- mm-hmm. non corporate mm-hmm. thing to have because I have like grocery lists on yeah, Trello yeah, yeah. for. Nice. Yeah, for just grocery, for like special shops we have, for example, yeah. for pets shop, for mm-hmm. some Lucas shops, whatever. Mm-hmm. So different lists because, uh, and I finally made myself a big notebook where I put all the lists of the things that I maybe like consider to do in the future. Yeah. Because I realized that uh, I was, I'm always forgetting things. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm writing myself a list of um, merch that I re- I want to produce or yeah. it, ideas for illustrations I mm-hmm. would make when I have like enough skill and time, or scripts for the YouTube videos uh, I want to make. So it's like very big, thick notebook, and I'm just writing all everything there, and I'm trying to do like checkups like once mm-hmm. a week, looking mm-hmm. through it and doing like crossing things out or writing something in because otherwise it's impossible to remember everything in one yeah. hand. <laughs> That's true. If you could go 10 years back, what kind of advice would you give yourself knowing everything you know now? Oh my God. I'm really, I'm really um, kind of, um, what's the word? I really want to say to myself, go to art school. <laughs> but <laughs> I know that maybe if I go to art school, everything would be, so completely different. Maybe I would be repelled of arts. Maybe I, w- yeah. I, w- I would have like bad teachers and I would hate it. 
for example, I have a friend, she's got like severe depression. After. Me and Kai are both art school dropouts. Uh, we did about one and one to one and a half years of art school. And uh, it, in today's world, there are so many different ways to get education yeah. and art is not defined anymore uh, like like a systematic thing uh yeah i you know rationally i understand mm -hmm. rationally i i know that oh, the the old set of skills i have is maybe really nice combination of like communication professional visual whatever blah 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 mm -hmm. but i have this feeling for myself that i really want to say go to art school but yeah. i remember that for example yeah this my friend she's really got severe depression and now she started taking pills and now she started to feel better and she finally started to draw and yeah. this is not the price i want to pay for for, for knowing how to <laughs> like, you know, draw something no uh, no i mean it, it's great to have a sense of community with other people who are also you know starting up and struggling and trying to learn something but um then again i know i know there, there is one thing one thing I would say to myself, 10 years ago, it was 2009 and I had, I was in like a really toxic relationship and, and I was supposed to go to the Germany with mm -hmm. my friend. Uh, she's a big fan of music and I am too. We were supposed to go to three Depeche Mode concerts mm -hmm. and to Rock am Ring mm -hmm. where they had beautiful setup, yeah. li lineup of bands playing and it included also Prodigy Band, which like Kid Flynn died yeah. yesterday, as far yeah. you so most sad. probably know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very sad. But And I had very toxic boyfriend at the time, and he said to me, we are staying together mm -hmm. uh, if you don't go. Oh, wow. Oh, and I didn't go. Ultimatum. Yeah. And it's like I had all the tickets for, yeah. all the, for the planes, for the gigs, mm -hmm. and all the bookings of all the like hotels and stuff. And I was uh, very naive and young and I believed in internal love and I thought that this is love and this was like abuse as mm -hmm. now I understand it after I am into like all the therapy things and mm -hmm. the thing that I changed now would be say fuck off to this asshole <laughs> and go, <laughs> just go. <laughs> it's like it's very... It's very like precise because it was two years, uh, ten years ago exactly. That's great yeah. advice, I think. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that would that would be advice I'd give myself. Just just ditch this guy, go there, and have lots of fun. <laughs> I think I, that would be. It. I think that goes very nicely hand in hand with what you've been talking about of kind of being more socially selective or, or not just socially but selective in your life as well what do you want to focus on what do you want to be influenced by yeah what do you want to have in an in environment and day-to-day -day life and uh and and kind of not not being not being slow to react to it but but kind of like having this fuck off uh, mentality yeah. and cutting things out that are not being helpful yeah, and it's not also, making you a better person or a better artist or a more, more happier person either. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's um, how you say it's like being careful about your uh, mental health, about your uh, just about your f feeling good to 
I don't know. I really like that nowadays. Like we know now so much more about ourselves as like mm -hmm. species, about human beings, and what what it is okay for a woman to do, what is okay for a man to do. Like uh, people starting to realize that life is not like binary. There is no mm -hmm. only I don't know heterosexual men and women being together, making children, going to mm -hmm. work, doing housework and dying then somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. And now it's like slowly but surely we try to be more of ourselves and not to be like afraid of others. Like mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. these others mean for, for somebody, it's like language wise or color skin wise or sexuality wise or professional wise, whatever we have all our own like fears, which were instilled into us by social, yeah. social habits, social environments. And now things are changing. Uh, of course, world is really crazy. And sometimes you just really don't want to know anything about uh, what's happening in the world. But in the end, I think we are, we're trying to do as good as we can. Mm -hmm. and learn to be like better humans mm -hmm. and to realize that it's okay to to choose things that we really want to to choose you're right i think right. that's uh that's a great statement to end this yeah like very philosophical <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's the best way I, I i really want to thank you vera for taking the time today uh joining me and, and being part of this uh, experiment um, Yay. being part of my very selfish social needs as well and uh <laughs> being and so me... inspirational and uh, uh a great example to the world uh what so. you can do if you just set your mind to it and uh, yeah. even if you don't have the perfect focus yet you know it, i think even much more important is is that you're still doing projects, you're finishing things, and you're you're showing up to 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 kind of every day to to make new things, and and you're constantly producing a huge amount of things, and, and yeah, showing up is yeah one of also the lessons I've learned from somebody like I've been listening to on the YouTube or in the podcasts or reading some books that like showing up despite all the fears is the most courageous thing that we can do i think in the relationships and arts and work and parenthood and whatever it's just life is messy and it's okay i think thank you for listening please check out vera's website for more of her work she has a great selection of photos videos and calligraphy and if you're interested in her thoughts about creativity and life go read her blog if you enjoyed this Weekend Warriors interview and want to hear more conversations with obsessive makers, insecure authors and overambitious artists, then please subscribe to the channel, because there's plenty more to come. I'm your host Silver, see you next time.